0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guess
1: what? It's over. <laughs> it is over. They can't afford it. And he certainly, after that performance with his teammate Devin Booker, it's not going to get any easier for Chris Paul. It's Canty and Carlin. A fresh week, baby. That's right. Welcome. We've got so much to get to. We will get to both series in this segment and how they ended in
2: game sevens.
1: Canty, what is
2: up? What's going on with you, big fella? Fresh off your trip, your your mancation in Vegas? Yeah. How'd it go, man? I played some golf, not well. Was, I, I could tell. I, I saw a picture on social media with one of your shots and ending with the ball on the freeway. Yes. How does that become possible? How, how is that even possible? Well, with me, the
1: pot, the impossible becomes the possible okay. when it comes to atrocious, gotcha. atrocious golf. So and you
2: were playing out there like Happy Gilmore.
1: Absolutely. Listen, if it, if it, I'd be signed for Happy Gilmore right now, <laughs> I was Flabby Gilmore out there. Is what I was. <laughs> we'll get to that as well. It is Cantia Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's not waste any time. Get right to Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Chris, in that game seven yesterday between the Mavericks and the Suns, I was absolutely stunned at what happened. I think most of us were. But at the same time, all I could think about with the way Luka Doncic was playing was that was exactly what i wanted to see from joel Embiid in game five when we talked about him playing soft versus playing angry luka Doncic went out there yesterday played angry and from the get-go established that this was going to be a long day for the phoenix suns and he was dynamic that's why he's one of the great players in the league and the phoenix suns
2: just absolutely cowered and went home early. See, Carlin, what happened yesterday is why you don't tempt the sports gods, you don't tempt the basketball gods, and I'm going to tell you where the Phoenix Suns went wrong. In their Game 5 win over the Dallas Mavs, remember when, after Dallas won two, they went back to Phoenix, Suns barely able to hold, hold court, hold serve. They won that game, but that was the game where Devin Booker laid on the ground got the call, the home cooking from the ref, and looked back and said, that's the Luka special. And they were razzing Luka Doncic throughout the course of this postseason. And then it came back to bite him in the ass. Because in Game 7, you're talking about Luka Doncic having as many points as halftime as the entire Phoenix Suns team. He scored 27 in the first half. They had 27 as a team at halftime when they were down 30 on their home court. Carlin, you got to go back to 1948. To see a team lose a game seven on their home, lose a playoff game, excuse me, not even a game seven, lose a playoff game on their home court by that margin. You got to go back to 1948. That's a long damn time. (laughs) All I'm simply saying is what we witnessed yesterday was historic in terms of how the Dallas Mavericks dismantled the Phoenix Suns. And you got to give all the credit in the world to Luka Doncic. You also got to give a big shout out to Jason Kidd because of all the different things this Mavs team has had to weather throughout the postseason. Remember, not having Luka Doncic early on in that first series against the Jazz, being able to manage the team's expectations, even being down 0-2 at the beginning of this series. We actually talked about it, Carlin. I did not think the Dallas Mavs could come back and win four of the next five games after they went down 0-2. Justifiably so. I just didn't think that was possible. But I did say after the first game, The way that the Mavs played in the fourth quarter where they shot 67% and Luka went off, even though they lost that game, I said there were some encouraging signs. Maybe they figured something out. Going with that small ball lineup, having Luka out there with Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, I thought they found something, and they clearly carried that into Game 7, and they were able to ride that to success. The last time two teammates had 30-plus point performances in an elimination game in a Game 7, that's Kobe and Shaq back in the early 2000s. That's what Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic did yesterday. So when I say what we saw was historic, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, and that's also the kind of games where legends are made.
1: Well, that was also a flat-out embarrassment on the part of the Suns. Let's just call it what it was. That performance was, was just inexcusable in every way. And we talked about this last series with the Suns, with Paul specifically, that when he has a stinker, every few games in the postseason usually he has been the guy that has bounced back from it this series he, he was a disappearing act hmm. and and that's tough to take here he is about his performance in the loss against the Mavericks yesterday
3: and, you know all season long we try to lean on our defense <clears throat> tonight our, our defense wasn't there our offense wasn't there either so I think coach said a lot of it you know what I mean you play all season to be in this situation and didn't work out for us.
1: And you weren't there. You they you weren't there either. And Devin Booker wasn't there. I mean, we can rip Paul all we want. No,
2: he deserves it. He deserves the it. The last 5 games Chris Paul has been awful. Terrible. Carlin, Absolutely you're talking about terrible. a total of 47 points over the course of the last 5
1: games. But Chris, when you're an MVP candidate, you don't play like that in game 7. De- I mean, Devin Booker with we, 11 points Eleven yeah, points. That's hard to explain. No, you can't. Explain that's hard that. to explain. Not when you are supposed to be that guy, and you have shown yourself to be that guy before in the playoffs. But I'm sorry, the games. It's one thing. Last you didn't year. have.
2: They didn't have a field goal. Here's the crazy thing: Chris Paul and Devin Booker did not have a field goal in the first half. Car- Carly, you're how? right. You gotta have how heat. if you're gonna have heat. If you're gonna have smoke for Chris Paul you got to keep Absolutely. that same energy for Devin Booker. So I'm right there with you. And I
1: actually, at this point in his career, look, I, I know what Chris Paul, at this point in his career, is just fighting and scrapping and trying to find a way to win a championship yep. so he can get that off his back. Devin Booker, at, at what, 23 years old, cannot do this. Uh, you have to be better than this. It's one thing to have an off night. 11 points can't happen when people were legitimately talking about you as the MVP in the league. What happened last year, they went up two games to none, and then they got beat up by the team that I think was just the better team. Yeah. I don't think overall they lost to the better team this series. I think and, and the regular season record would indicate that when they're going all out to win 64 games like they did, and this is what happens, you have no excuse for going down like this, I want to hear from Devin Booker. Here he is in a press conference about his struggles in the Game Seven
3: loss. Let's hear that. Why this.
0: weren't you in that mode of trying to trying to score when when the game seemed to be getting away?
3: Uh, I mean, they followed their game plan. You know, they did a good job of getting the ball out of my hands and um, and trapping. You know, every every action I was in. So, you know, I've always said I'm not the person that's going to go out there and you know try to shoot over eight people. You know, I'm going to try to make the right play and. You know, it, it wasn't the right play every time. And, you know, missed shots early, missed a few open ones that I got.
0: And, you know, that was it.
2: Yeah, but that, that sounds good. But, yeah. Carlin, if your team is down 30 in the first half, I'm going to need for you to try to shoot over everybody that's on the court. I need somebody to get going, and it's supposed to be the guy that's my best player. Yeah, or, or the guy that's making the most money on the team. Yeah. Which, which is Devin Booker. There's a reason why he's making $30, 35000000 million a year. At some point, you're going to have to be a force multiplier. You're going to have to elevate your game and the players around you. And we didn't see that. Like a lot of people compare Devin Booker and they say he's the closest thing we got to the black mama, Kobe Bryant. No, he ain't. Because in that situation, Kobe Bryant is going to take as many shots as he has to in order to start getting some buckets for his team. Because nobody else was doing it. And if you watch the Phoenix Suns, nobody else on the offensive end was engaged. Nobody calling nope. DeAndre Ayton wasn't engaged. Nope. What do you have, three shots in the first half? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you got to get other guys involved, and if they can't find a way to get it going, then you got to get it going yourself because that gives everybody else on the court with you a degree of confidence that they're going to need. You know who did that for their team? One, Luka Doncic. And there's a difference when you saw how Luka got his game going what you got from Dinwiddie, what you got from Jalen Brunson, what you got from all of the other guys that are a part of the supporting cast for the the Mavs, that's the guy that Devin Booker has to be. Right now, he's just not there. Nope, he wasn't. And
1: it was uh, just mystifying to me that that team could have that kind of a performance in a Game 7 at home. I I said early on, I think after Game 3, that this would be a series that would just have – each team winning the home games, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just how it would roll out. I never in a million years saw them getting their doors blown off. And speaking of getting your doors blown off, that also happened in another matchup <laughs> yesterday <laughs> with the Bucks and the Celtics. So what exactly went wrong there? We will tell you in just moments. This has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. That is coming up right after we tell you about this from our friends at Vivid Seats. The NFL schedule is out, and you can be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every power run, every Hail Mary, every touchdown celebration can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th free. It's kind of like getting 10% back on every ticket. From the 50-yard line to the end zone, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Boston then stuck out their arm, led by double digits at the break. Never looked back. Tatum, wing left three. Another one. Tatum's five from five for downtown. It was a team effort. I mean, everybody chipped in. Richard step back three, right angle. Good, good, good.
3: Just looking forward to it, you know, excited being back in this position and, you know, trying to get over this hump.
1: There's a rule of thumb for me that when you win two road games in a series that you should never lose that series. (laughs) That, unfortunately, that theory was debunked by the Milwaukee Bucks, and I get it, Chris. It had a lot to do with the fact that Chris Middleton wasn't there, But this was very, very winnable. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Just getting started. Hey, I can't blame Giannis one bit for what happened yesterday. Giannis did everything within his power as the best player in the league that gave them a chance to win, and he got absolutely no help across the board. None whatsoever. And when you shoot four of 33 from three, you're not going to win, especially when the other
2: team has a heck of a lot more success than you did. Yeah, the Boston Celtics set a franchise playoff record with three-point makes. They hit 22 of them. So when the three-point make differential is 18... When Grant Williams has three more than your entire team. That's what I'm saying. That's probably going to be a problem. But that's that's been the complexion of this series. I mean, there's the team that has the off-shooting night, and the other team has been able to capitalize on it, and it just so happens that in this instance, it was the Boston Celtics. And, Carl, and I go back to the end of the regular season. When these two teams had their regular season finales, I want to say the Milwaukee Bucks played against the Cavs, and they rested their starters, and they ended up losing that game. Now, they avoided the Brooklyn Nets in a first-round matchup, but the Boston Celtics played all of their starters, and they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. As a matter of fact, they boat-raced them. And so that made the difference in who had home court advantage in Game 7 of this series. And ultimately, it was the team that was able to have the energy of the home crowd behind them that was able to come through with this win. And so when I look at how this game unfolded early on, the Boston Celtics did not look like they were up for the task. They just didn't. Even Adoka had to get a, t- a quick timeout early on because they were down by 10. Yeah. I want to say it was 15 to 5. He had to call a timeout to get his guys to regroup. And it still and stayed it, a few minutes. I think at one point it was still down like 12. Exactly. they turned it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think their first quarter deficit, their largest first quarter deficit was 10 points. And so it was a situation where they had to regroup. And then once they got back to that point, they got of got into a rhythm and the Milwaukee Bucks weren't able to throw them off it. But, I mean, listen, if you were the Bucks or Bucks fan, The game yesterday couldn't have started any better. Giannis scored or assisted on the first 24 points that Milwaukee had on the scoreboard. So, I mean, that's exactly what you would expect, but you need the other guys to get involved. And you saw that Giannis was intentional about trying to set up his teammates early. It's just that those guys didn't take advantage of the opportunities. They didn't make open shots. And that's how you get a performance from your team where you shoot 36% from the field and you lose in a game where Giannis had 25 points, 20 boards, and nine assists. Chris,
1: let's just break this down as simply as possible. Did they lose this series because they didn't have Chris Middleton?
2: If we say that, we're being dismissive of the Boston Celtics and how they've played, particularly Jason Tatum. I, I I can't take it there. I can't take it there. Middleton is a huge part of what they do, not only what he does on the offensive end, but also being another guy, another body that you can throw at the perimeter players for the Boston Celtics. Like, if you had Middleton there's another body you can throw at Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. You didn't have that. You don't have that depth. Remember, there is no P.J. Tucker on this team. No, I, I can't answer the question as to why there's no P.J. Tucker on this team. Maybe you asked the front office, but for two years, $15 million, I can find a way to bring back P.J. Tucker, who was an integral part of their championship team from a year ago. But the fact that you didn't have enough bodies to kind of disrupt what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were doing, I think that's an area – where the Milwaukee Bucks struggled, and Grant Williams and Tatum and Brown were able to take advantage of it yesterday. And Pritchard played well, too. Um, I, I just don't... I, I don't. Did anybody put, have a bad game for
1: Boston? Not really. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't put this all on that. To me, this was still a series they should have won. Because, as I said earlier, when you put yourself in that position and you win two road games in the series, there's no excuse.
2: But you're not going to win three, Carlin. No, not I, against a team like the Boston Celtics. I, uh, you're not going to win three to ask a team... To win three times on the road in a best of seven series is unrealistic, but I think the point you're making is they should have won it. Should have won Game Six, yeah. And we said that. We said when it went back to when it went back to Milwaukee, don't let it get back Sunday. Don't let, don't let it get to a Game Seven on Sunday. You got to close out this Celtics team in Milwaukee because if they're able to push it to a Game Seven, anything can happen. And with the home team having such a decided advantage in Game Sevens historically. That's not the position you want to be in if you're Coach Bud or if you're Giannis. I want to hear from Giannis. Here he is uh,
1: about the situation of not having Chris Middleton in this kind of a series.
3: Obviously, you know, who knows? If you had Chris, it'd probably be a different story. Um, But at the end of the day, like, um, from game one, from, you know, game three... That we played uh, Chicago, we kind of like, you know, went out there and compete. You know, obviously we wasn't trying to make excuses. You know, we, you know, we don't have Chris, and now it's going to be tough for us. No, no, no. I think everybody went out there and compete, gave everything they uh, the had, and um, you know that's what we did from game three against Chicago until game seven against Boston. You know, uh, but uh, if we had him, maybe it would have been a different, uh, different story. Uh, but we did.
1: That's a very tired man, right there. Yeah. Now, having said that, though, I'm not really interested in hearing about him being tired, because it's not on him. I don't put any of this on him. He's exhausted because he's trying to do it all himself.
2: Some because nobody else is helping him. And he really did do it all himself, it I mean, they showed it at, at the in the fourth quarter. He, He's he, the first player in a seven-game series in the playoffs to have two over 200 points, over 100 rebounds, and over 50 assists. First <laughs> player to ever do that in NBA history. That's absurd. How, how much more did Giannis have to do in order for his team to advance in the postseason? Like so, I, you can't ask him to do more exactly. than that. Exactly. So this was not about
1: Giannis running no, out of gas. No. This is about everybody else not even ever filling their tanks
2: for well, this game well here's what i'll say drew holiday did show up to show up in this series he was oh, big yes. in this series hey, Gass, Yes, he was big in this series so we got to give him props where props is due but i blame the rest of the cast for not getting this done because the rest of the
1: cast was capable of doing enough to get this done Where are not, they though are they though that's the
2: question that we got to ask because in three with, of those
1: games and we, two of them on the road they were
2: with with no middleton you're talking about those other guys Having to have a step up in terms of what their offensive production has to be and also what their defensive responsibility But are. isn't
1: it fair to say that I mean, we really had one game where it was Tatum and Giannis? Tatum and Giannis. Yes. Where they both went north of 40 in uh, yeah. game five. Yeah. Uh, but after that, there was enough from everybody else on that Milwaukee team except for yesterday where they should have been able to get this done with it. And I, there's no doubting. I have no question that if Middleton was here, they win that series in six without blinking. Mm. I, and I don't think it would have been that much of a debate. The Celtics may have gotten a so
2: disrespectful to Tatum.
1: No, and I so disrespectful. And you know, you know that I feel like because Tatum, for his point, he absolutely deserves all the credit because before these playoffs, what did we talk about? Jason Tatum, if he wants to be in that top, top, top tier in the league,
2: yeah, club superstar
1: has to go through and beat Durant and beat Giannis, and he did. And he did. So, you know, does Tatum now need to get to a final? Like, I don't I don't think all of a sudden that Tatum definitively, you know, he can't disappear against the Miami Heat, but still, like, he's there to me. So I'm not being disrespectful to him as much as I'm saying there was enough to get that done, and they didn't get it done. They were the champs last year, and I know it was different with Middleton and Tucker. Uh-huh. There was enough there to get it done, and they didn't get it
2: done. So, is it more on the supporting cast or more of the coach? Oh, mm, ca- Supporting cast. Supporting cast? Yeah, I don't think. So, 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 Grayson Gra- Allen being a no-show, did our expectations of Grayson Allen get too lofty? Mine did. Or or, or was it a fact that Grayson Allen's just not capable? <laughs> now, Bobby Portis has got to be better. I'm with you on that he front. He good. Brooke Lopez has got to bring a little bit more to the party offensively and defensively. Wesley Matthews was shot-making from the perimeter. I thought Pat Connaughton had a pretty damn good series. Yeah. So I got to absolve. Except yesterday. I got, except, except yesterday, but I, I can't put that on Pat Connaughton. Like, if the guy plays well in five of the seven games and a best of seven as mm-hmm. a role player off the bench, that's all I'm asking you to do. Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, all of those guys got to be better. Grayson Allen, not sure why he's in the starting lineup, but that was the decision that Coach Bud made. That's why I asked the question, who's this more on, the coach or the role players for the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Because Giannis did his damn job. <laughs> I and I would say, say Drew Holiday did his damn job. When Pat Bev
1: said this morning, when the name Grayson Allen came up on first take, could we please talk about somebody who we actually talk about in the locker room about being a problem?
2: No lies told. Yeah. No lies told. Pat we, Beverly keeping it a buck, too, we when will, get up in first take. We'll, we'll hear
1: oh. more of that stuff from later on because it's awesome. So, here's the question for you. With the Phoenix Suns, who do you blame the most? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 For the Milwaukee Bucks, was this about the fact that they didn't have Middleton? Was this about the fact that they let P.J. Tucker go? Or are the Celtics just flat out better? 888-729-3776. It is Canty and Carlin just getting rolling. Up next, who's done a better coaching job in these playoffs? Ime Udoka or Jason Kidd? It's an interesting discussion. We'll have it, but we want to hear from you on a Canty Carlin call in line next. It is Canty and Carlin,
4: ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus.
2: Blame going around. Want to hear from you on it on the Suns, the team with the best record in the NBA
1: out in round 2 8-8-800, eight, eight, excuse me. 888 say ESPN. 8887293776 the CC call-in line. Let's hit you up. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the armed forces, DoD veterans and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Marlin in Arizona going to start us off today on the CC call-in line. Marlon, what's up? You're on ESPN Radio, brother.
3: Yeah, hello. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. First of all, I want to say, what the hell happened with the Suns? This was their second blowout loss in a row. And bad enough, it happened at home in a game seven. Are you kidding me? And but with that being said, I would think I would start playing with the coach because he he should have put more urgency in this team, especially after they lost to Milwaukee. They were in the same situation, two up games up, two games in a row, or actually yeah, two and oh, and then they collapsed at the end. And and this year the same thing except worse. So um, I don't know, like, I don't know if they need to blow up the whole roster or or fire the coach, but some needs some with that organization is not right for to have the best record home court advantage throughout the playoffs and you suffer a blowout loss well they were like they had a lead up by Well, dallas had a lead what 46 i'm like are you this, yeah is, that's insane look when you make
1: court. the finals last year it's not going to be a case where they're going to blow everything up but let me ask you this chris when you're an athlete and you're on a team and i don't i can't think of every game in your career but at some point i would think it happens to everybody When you have a team that does not show up in a game, who is most responsible for that? Is it the players themselves? Is it a coach who didn't set the right tone? How do you evaluate
2: that? It's on the leadership of the team. And with various teams, the complexion of what leadership is is different. Some teams, the coach has to be the leader because there are a lot of young guys on the squad. That's not the case with the Phoenix Suns. They got Chris Paul. They have a veteran leader, and it's hard for Chris Paul – to lead when he's having the performances that he's had the last four or five games. And so he's trying to get himself together. Meanwhile, all the other guys are trying to figure out what is it going to take for our team to have success? What does my role have to be in an elimination game at home where all the pressure is on us? And I think that's something that we got to acknowledge in all of this, Carlin. Like, all of the pressure was on Phoenix coming into the postseason because of how they finished last year losing to, in the NBA Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then having the very best record in the entire NBA in the regular season. All the pressure was on them coming back from, from Dallas to win this Game 7. And they didn't respond the way that we would expect a team that has that kind of pressure on them to respond. They fell flat on their face. I thought the, the pressure of the moment got to them. And I'm surprised with a guy like Chris Paul that's orchestrating your entire offense – that that's what it could look like in a game seven at home. Cantia Carlin,
1: ESPN Radio. On the flip side, boy, Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit. I never really thought Jason Kidd was a great coach. I hated the way he got his way out of Brooklyn when he got his first opportunity. Then he got fired in Milwaukee. He, first of all, let's hear from him about how he's feeling after about blowing out the best team in the league by record.
3: We're not looking at the blowout. We, we just came in and executed our game plan. Um, guys, um... Again, we talked about it before, had played in game seven uh, on the road um, in LA. And I-, I thought they came out as if it was just another game um, and played it at a high level, um, offensively offensively and defensively. We were active. Um, you could see um, some of the pressure was probably um, on them early because they missed some shots that they'd normally make. Um, but I-, I thought the guys did a great job of 48 minutes. Um, even at halftime, we talked about it, what they did to us last time here, and uh, we won that quarter. So a lot of improvement, um, but we weren't playing the score. Um, but, again, we talked about Spencer off the bench goes for 30, um, an X factor. So, um, and it was on our side, you know, this evening.
1: Hey, Chris, I mean, that said, he you heard him talk about the pressure being on the other team. Everybody's going to feel it in a game seven. There's no doubt that team looked calm cool, collected, and just focused from Jump Street yesterday.
2: Yeah, but I think it's reflective of the demeanor that their head coach approaches every single game with. And there was no panic in Jason Kidd when they went down 0-2. And a lot of that probably has to do with his experience as a former player, Carlin. He's been in those situations. He understands what it's about to compete at a championship level. He knows how series can have inflection points and how things can change. And just looking at the the broad landscape of this postseason, Think about the final four teams and think about who their head coaches are. Three of the final four have former players as their head coaches. So I think there's something to be said in today's NBA about having that steadying presence, especially as you move through the postseason on your way to try to compete for a championship. And so that's how a Dallas Mavericks team doesn't panic when they go down 0-2 and they have to win four of the next five games against the team that had the best regular season record in the entire NBA. All right,
1: off the playoffs, ask this question. Better job.
2: Jason Kidd, Ime Adoka. Ooh. I'm going to go Ime, And I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm going to go with Coach Adoka from the you. Boston Celtics. I'm with you. And here's the thing. A year ago, we were talking about trading Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown because we didn't think the two could coexist with one another. And lo and behold, in his rookie season as a head coach, Ime Adoka finds a way to be able to get the best out of both of those guys and all the while, still finding a role for Marcus Smart, having him be their full-time point guard, getting the best out of Al Horford, uh, career high in playoff uh, uh, playoff points in playoff series. I think it was Game Five. Like he's getting. Career performances out of guys, things that we haven't seen from these guys in the past. So I'm gonna give credit to Ime Adoka. I I'm think he's done the best job between those two coaches. I'm with you.
1: I'm gonna ride Adoka there. And it's also because it's the first year. His first year in the league, and this is the kind of job you're doing. I, and I'll give you a little more credit because of that. But boy, that was that was a that was a special job that the Celtics did in this series. And Mavericks, too, don't get me wrong. They were both they're both neck
2: and neck. But I put Edoka slightly in front. But here, here's the one thing I will say to that real quick, Carlin. In both series with the Boston Celtics, they did not have the best player in that series. No, they did with not. With the Brooklyn Nets, they, Kevin Durant is better than Jason Tatum. With the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo is better than Jason Tatum. But that didn't matter for their head coach. It may not be the case moving forward.
1: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 Who do you blame most for the Suns' disappointing loss? It is Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Up next, somebody's looking to come back. But would it really be an upgrade at quarterback if he
4: did? We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. be remiss not
1: to mention the nhl and all of the great game sevens that happened over the weekend in the nhl but our focus is going to zero in on one uh, prominent show contributor ryan matlack who has uh, chimed in before with a little segment called on thin ice uh, is ready to do that now well maybe he's not after his toronto maple Leafs disgrace themselves but let's just turn it over to ryan and let's just roll the dice and see what happens ryan it's all here. Uh,
4: Appreciate that, guys. Thank you for bringing me in. Uh, listen, there's plenty of series to talk about, and I'd love to talk about it, but let's not kid ourselves. We all know why we're here right now. We know why I'm here. Cry, clown, cry. That's what you all want from me, and fine, you'll get it. Another year of disappointment. But it's not just the, the one year, as many fans know. There's a lot of things that go into this loss by the Maple Leafs. Of course, once again, bowing out in the first round to the Lightning. I've got a few notes. One, one or two.
2: <laughs> I, I just can't believe you have the stones to wear the Maple Leafs jersey in studio today. We'll get I just to don't know how you do that. Yeah,
4: no, we'll get there, Chris. Don't worry. Definition of insanity, it's here. He's going to set himself on fire. Man. <laughs> uh, first off, shout out to my buddy Spencer, who then mowed me 40 bucks for Molson money after the game. That was a huge help and much needed. Uh, yeah. Although I gotta say, guys, my advice usually to fans like this in this situation is, you know, turn to alcohol, whatever's legal in your various state. <laughs> but in this case, like I was not, I was so nauseous I couldn't even drink a sip of alcohol after that final, after the final horn, after the final lightning goal. It's unreal how this team just continuously ropes you back in. Just like Game Five, what did I text you, Canty? I texted Game Five. I said, "Give me the mic. I no longer want the mic." This is you said it. Unbelievable. Yeah, but I didn't mean after Game 7. I wanted it after Game 5, which I thought, once again, turning point for the Leafs. This will be it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not so much. Not so much. Uh, here are a few things. <clears throat> My brother uh, just turned 26 on Monday. He was 8 the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. Has no idea what that looks and sounds like. <laughs> Charles Barkley had no idea what he was getting into, <laughs> pretending to know anything about this series. Not only did he bet the Leafs to win until he found out that they were going to play the Lightning, he... Double down, and he went, oh, whoever's going to win game five will win the series. So he's wrong twice, and you know what, Charles? Honestly, you're probably allowed to be a Maple Leaf fan now. Welcome aboard. You're just as much of a loser as the rest of us. Uh, And that's the biggest thing. It's amazing how a team can just make you feel like a loser. Like, it's unbelievable how I go out through my daily life. Like, today, driving in, I really didn't know if green meant go. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else I can depend on. I mean, they had the defending cup champs down. Uh, TV mix, guys. Uh, they had the defending cup champs down to their last <laughs> shot, and they could not do in game six, and they came back. Lightning, thanks. Well, Ryan
1: Matlack shot for the rest of the day.
2: <laughs> Here's the thing, man. You got a 60-goal score in Austin Matthews, and you got Johnny Tavares on your team. If you're not gonna do it this year, when is it ever gonna happen for the Leafs? When is it ever gonna happen? Not that we talk hockey a whole lot on this show. I'm just saying for Toronto, at some point, you gotta take that next step at a team. Just kinda like the Boston Celtics. At some point, Jason Tatum gotta get past the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: You know, but we don't talk hockey as as much on this show, but we also um, we do talk about other people's pain. Yes. Because we have established that I tend to enjoy that at
2: times. You do. You're a bad teammate. No. No, no, no. No, you are bad. No, no, no. You do wallow in the misery of your teammates, which makes you a bad – maybe not a bad teammate, but a bad guy. You're not a bad teammate because you show up to work on time. You're always prepared. So you're not a bad teammate because you do your job. But the fact that you wallow in the misery of others – Means that you're probably a bad person. Well,
1: no. It, what it means is I have low self esteem, and so that's where I need to get my joy yeah, yeah. from. So it's misery loves company. <laughs> is is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Okay, exactly. got it. Okay.
1: So Ryan, I, I I do feel for you, even though we enjoy he doesn't a, feel for you, Ryan. Don't don't Ryan. Don't buy, Ryan, don't buy
2: it. He does not feel for you. This man does not care for you. There there's there's an ice box where Carlin's heart used to be. Don't <laughs> trust it. I'm telling you, man. He does not wish you well. He does not wish your Leafs well. So when he says he feels for you, that's not true. He's laughing inside like a fat kid with a hostess cake. That's what he's doing. (laughs) Don't trust him.
4: This feels so good. I appreciate you, Canty. I I had a feeling that I was going to get this response from Carlin. I think we all did. And I said to myself... Who cares? What's worse than what we've gone through? Someone rubbing it in. I've got a long line of people here at the Maple Leafs funeral wishing me well. I don't need Carlin. I just I have you, Canty, and the line going around campus right now saying, Hey, how are
2: you? Well, you, know, you know what it is, Matt Latt? You okay. You know what it is, Matt Lack? Carlin is like that guy that really doesn't have a close relationship with the deceased, but he's gonna show up at the funeral yep. just so he can view the body in the That's casket. It. That's, That's it. who Carlin is. Yep. He doesn't he doesn't care for you. He's not being sensitive to your needs in this moment. He just wants, he to, just wants sure. to use your pain as entertainment. He wants to and make sure right. I'm and down as a to the count. Teammate of yours, and as a friend of yours, I don't want to stand for it. See what the, what all this is is a massive
1: mischaracterization of my character. Because hell no. Here's what here's what it is. You're you're making the assumption that I would actively root against you and your team in a game seven so that I can experience your pain. No. That's not how this goes. Hmm. How this goes is I will look up, as I did the other day, and uh, on the scoreboard, oh, oh, Leafs lost. Poor Matlack. That's a shame. That's so disingenuous when you say poor Matlack, though. Yeah, no, no, no. It's poor Matlack. That's a shame. Now I'm going to enjoy his pain.
2: So basically, whatever's in the best interest of our show is what yes, you're going to root for. this is what I do. Okay. This is, and that So includes, do you think it's better for our show? Let me ask you this question, because I, I'm trying to box you into a corner if you don't notice. But sure. if, if you're saying you're rooting for what's in the best interest of our show, mm-hmm. what do you think is in the best interest of our show in terms of outcomes for the Leafs in Game 7? Beating the Lightning or losing to the Lightning? Well, I would say, honestly, because it was the first round,
1: I'd like to get. I'd like to milk it a little bit more to get more of his positivity, to get him sucked in more, to get him more emotionally wow. invested, and then I want to see. It You're works. an emotional terrorist. Yeah, somewhat. Wow. Somewhat. But I, I can't I, believe I told you. you this. I told you. Here's what's wrong with me. Like even when somebody's getting too much praise, and I include myself in that, I generally turn on them and say, "Yeah, okay, we get it. Good for you. Okay. You know that. That's it." Like your Giants won the Super Bowl, two thousand eleven season. It was awesome for a couple of days, and it's like, man, all right, let's, you know, greatest of all time, greatest giant team of all. Let's settle down. Let's let's relax. Wow, that's what it is. Wow, I'm I sorry. can't believe you. I'm sorry. There's only so much. You're a joy. You're bad guy. You're bad guy. There's only so much joy I want other people to have. Okay. And if that makes me a bad guy, which it kind of sounds like by
2: definition it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> can I ask you can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is Drew Brees a bad guy for floating out the idea that I could possibly come back and play in the NFL? No, he's not a bad
1: guy. He's just delusional. Oh, okay. What, what is that? Why does Drew Brees all of a sudden – look, so he gets cut loose from NBC or they move on from each other. But why does Drew Brees all of a sudden believe that he can come back and play when even though he only threw six picks his last year – that didn't matter. He just wasn't very good. He can't throw the ball down the field anymore. It was over. He knew it was over, and now we're going to float coming back? No. Uh, Anybody who thinks that he's the answer to the Saints-James Winston issue, they're lost.
2: Can, can I ask you, well, first of all, I'm going to respond to your question with another question. Yeah. At this stage in his life, is Drew Brees a better quarterback or a better football analyst? <sighs>
1: i'm gonna put it this way okay every quarterback mostly coming into their rookie year has a lot to learn and Mm. i think that we found out late in the year in the cincinnati game that there's a lot for him to learn to get better
2: i think he's a better quarterback right now i think my answer to the question would be no (laughs)